Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. Today I've got the great honor of having George Abrea with me today. George, say hi to everybody. Hi everyone. I got see, to be here. Like, oh, guys. But you know what? Let's talk a little bit about what George has done. He's been in involved in investing for 14 years and he started out with the single family. I think everybody's got to start there and get their feet wet. But then he went immediately to multifamily. He's gone on from there to do over 200 wholesales and 100 fix and flips. He's been building multifamily. He's been acquiring multifamily. You've just kind of been all over the place, man. Where are you at right now with how many doors are you in control of? It's going to be a little bit over 2,000 after next month. Nice. And, and where, where are you at on that as far as GPLP situation? What, what, what do you have more of? Yeah, so that's, that's just GP, um, LP. Right now, I'm going to fall maybe a little bit under that, but I've got some new development on LP side too. So, I don't know. It, it's pretty even. Okay. So, let me ask you a question. Why would a GP get involved in an LP deal? Passive income. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you're buying somebody else's, uh, you know, you're buying somebody else's sandwich there. I mean, is, doesn't your sandwich taste better? I mean, do you need to get involved in somebody else's deal? I enjoy it. I like to see how, how other teams manage their deals. Um, there's, I've made some really good relationships and, and teams that I trust. I like to spread the love and, you know, we, I invest in my own deals as well. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing about multifamily, right? There's really kind of no wrong answer. Uh, and, and that's one thing that I, I, I love about the multifamily community is everybody's willing to help. Everybody's willing to jump in on your deal. Everybody's willing to give advice. Everybody's willing to coach. Everybody's, I mean, so to me, it, it totally makes a ton of sense as to, you know, being in on other people's deals just my problem is as a developer, I'm always so deep in my own ground that I can't mm. seem to find my way out enough to, to uh, have an extra 50 laying around. But, you know, that's just, my wife says that's just my problem. Nobody else has that problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sure there's others. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we all do at some point, right? It's all the ebb and the flow. Uh, you know, one minute you've got more than enough and then you find two deals and you only got room for one. But, you know, you still try and swallow them both. But uh, what's, what's the part about, about the, the GP side that you like in the most? I mean, what is it you really just, just really gets you up and gets you revved up in the morning? I mean, I've always liked transforming properties, even when, when it was single family. You know, we have the construction company, so I, I enjoy changing the property, you know, doing these massive upgrades. And, you know, we just did a $7 million CapEx. And looking at the before and afters, it's just that's I enjoy it. That was in Dallas? That was in Houston. Houston, okay. So tell us a little bit about that deal. Um, that one was a five-property portfolio, a little bit under 1,300 units. We closed it end of last year and then uh, started with the CapEx right away. We pretty much rebranded all the properties, paint, concrete work, roofing, a lot of HVAC, a lot of plumbing work. Started harding the Harding the properties, you know, make, taking care of the deferred maintenance, making sure our existing residents were happy. And um, then we did several upgrades. We added some amenities, upgraded units. So so how big, of, I mean, you spent $7 million on CapEx. What was the buy on that? Uh, total cap on that one was close to 90. And so you raised, what, you 
you're raising 20 million plus cap 20 22 million how does one go around i mean it's it's not every day you just wake up and go hey you know what sally i want to raise 22 million dollars <laughs> i mean what's yeah. the process that gets you there team effort one definitely yeah. wasn't just me or, or not even just my company elevate you know we had a, a couple co-gps on the deal and then we brought in a preferred equity partner as well that helped reach that goal. And how are you making these contacts? I mean, you know, there's no yellow pages anymore, right? So you can't just, I mean, you could Google it, I guess. It's, it's, it's a weird market when you're looking for preferred equity or, or JV equity. A lot of phone calls, a lot of networking and just trying to get to the right person. You know, there's a lot of brokers out there, nothing, nothing wrong with that, but they seem to, to put up a front like they're the actual straight to the money and a lot of times they're not. So you got to be able to weed through that. So when you, when you first saw this deal, what made you think that you were going to be able to, to eat this elephant? Just the, the, the team we had around us. So our main co-GP on the deal that we brought in, we found it. Um, and then we brought it to a group that had experience taking down portfolios like this and had um, exited out of several of them. So we knew they could do it. You know, they've, they've, they've done it before and they can do it. So once we had them on board, we, we felt pretty confident. That's a pretty heavy lift. I'm not real great at math, but if you, you know, you got about 2000 doors on the GP side and this was 1300 of them, you, you definitely had experience, but this was probably brought everything you had learned in the 700 doors to light speed and took you to a place that now if it's like 300 doors, why do I want to do something so small, right? <laughs> why do we need to add them 300 at a time? We can do them 1,000 at a time, right? Yeah, it, it definitely does get you looking at things differently, um, for sure. And, and we do look at mainly bigger bigger things now. That's amazing. Um so then your company took care of all of the CapEx on the deal? I mean, rebranding it, painting it, getting all the contractors in there, keeping the schedule, flipping yep. units, all of that kind of stuff. How did that – now, you bought that last year? Uh, end of last year, yes. So you've been doing all this during COVID? Yeah, yeah. That was th – throw that in there too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we just apply – sprinkle a little more easy sauce on this and away yeah. you go, right, George? I mean – it's, it's no big deal. I mean, $7 million contract on five properties. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, let's right. throw COVID in there. Yeah. Uh, did that cause you any issues with tenants not being able to move out or any any late, any of that kind of stuff? Um, as far as executing on the CapEx? Well, I mean, your CapEx, the... you know, you got people that were, you were planning on being out. I mean, if you're like everybody, you looked at the rent roll and said, here's kind of my, yeah. my roadmap of how I'm going to go into here and do this and do this and do this. And all of a sudden, somebody says, well, I'm not moving and you can't make me. You know, right, right. all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're doing something different. Yeah, we did um, slow down a little bit on, on the turn upgrades during COVID, but we still had um, a decent amount of vacant units that we, we could work on. So we focused on knocking all those out. And then as soon as there were vacant units, you know, we knocked those, those out. Where are you at now as far as, I mean, you've got all your CapEx done. Where are you at on your occupancy now? Man, it's actually 94 point something. It was, yeah, because guys, you know, George will not lead you astray. 94 point something is not 95, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you know, we can tell that you don't come from a Pentecostal background because you would say between three and 5,000, and that's actually three people to 5,000 people, right? You know, <laughs> but, but uh when, when you're looking at something like that and you're, you're seeing it not only get done, I mean, you're seeing extraordinary challenges come up because now you've got 
COVID to deal with. You've got, I mean, unprecedented. Had you been five months later closing on the deal, you probably wouldn't have closed or would right. still be trying to close. And now you're stuck. Now you're closed. It's almost as much of a curse as not getting it closed because now you got to wonder, am I going with the CapEx? You pull all this off. Now you're sitting at a 95% uh, occupancy. You're feeling a little bit like a genius, aren't you? Yeah, little, right about there. We're, action, we're, right? We're, we're working on the the refi. Once that, that refi kicks in, I'm, well, I'll feel like a genius. That is just phenomenal, man. So what do you got on your plate next? I mean, what are you doing for Act 2, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're taking a couple deals down now um, in South Dakota. It's a different market, huh? but a uh, good market from what yep. we've seen. So we're excited about that. It's a little different than what I'm used to. You know, we've been mainly doing heavy value add, heavy lifts. This one's a little cleaner, B-class, still room for improvement, but just cleaner than what I'm usual, than the usual. What was it that you saw in your first 700 units and all of the stuff back before that that really that gave you the feeling i mean there's i i know this feeling because i i've, I've done stuff where you take you know 15 acres of raw ground and you create a 180 unit apartment complex but but what is it in your background that that let you know george we can do this this is not that big of a deal <laughs> Man, it takes a lot of uh, self-development and uh, mindset. You're constantly talking to yourself, right? And telling yourself things. You got to kind of be aware of what that is and, and make sure you're feeding yourself the, the right things. You know, I could have easily been like, there's no way we're going to raise 22 million. You know, what am I thinking? <laughs> there's right. too many units. This is too big. But I made sure I tackled each day saying, hey, look, I've, I've put the good, a good team together. We can do this. Let's get it done. Well, and I'm, I'm sure your first phone call wasn't a yes. Right. You know, you, I mean, right. you had to go through that, right? I mean, you, you had to figure out how you're going to structure it. I mean, this was a little bit beyond something you'd seen for internal structure. Yeah. You know, we got hurdles in there and in, in the structure and a lot of different things moving around. You know, we, we ran into a couple obstacles. I mean, we had the a $10 million check back out about a month before the closing. So... That was interesting, to say the least. Uh, is, that the, is that the word you really used, George? <laughs> not at that time. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not at that time. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely a lot of no's. So, but I, that, that, that $10 million check, is he getting the status updates of your occupancy? Yeah. So, so he's seeing that that wasn't probably the best thing for him to have done. <laughs> oh, you're saying the, the one that backed out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We sent him the Friday reports and, you know, here's where we're at and, Oh, that's, sorry. That wasn't supposed to go to you, Dale, or <laughs> man, <that's laughs> whoever genius. it was. You know? I got to <laughs> Just go, hey, you know, listen, man. I mean, I get it. Everybody's got their reasons, but, you know, did you really want to miss out on that gravy train? You know? Right. No. It's, a little, it's, a, it's a little ninja marketing, right? A little commando marketing. I, I don't know. It might work. It might not. If it does, it's my idea. If it doesn't, it's yours. <laughs> you know? So. Well, I'll let you know because I think I'm going to yeah. try it. But that's, I mean, that's great. I mean, and so then, you know, you got a month to go. You think you got the whole thing pulled together. Now you just need half the money. Right. Kind of where you started this whole thing. When someone <laughs> brought the deal to you, right? I, mean, I can yeah. just see you. You go five properties and see, I, I, I can circle about half of that. I can do half of this. And then the other half just went away. And gee whiz. So, again, more positive self-talk. 
more, more, more getting back on your game, more going back to what you know. Yeah, and hitting everyone back up. We had a couple other preferred equity partners that were interested, and um, you know, we made it happen. Um, I think we found somebody a week or a week and a half after that, and then kind of sped up their their process. So looking at, it, I mean, that's been a 14 year ride. You started doing this stuff in '06. Here you are 14 years later, you just took down 1,301 gold. Is this what you expected? Yeah, it was definitely part of the plan. You know, it, it, it's a piece to the larger plan in mind. So none of this is a surprise to you? Where you're at today, how much you've done, what you've got accomplished, not really a surprise? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's uh, throughout my life, whenever I've decided to focus on something, I usually do it at a pretty high level. So no, I'm not surprised. And, you know, the, the reason I ask it so pointedly is because most of the people that I talk to that are successful to this level, George, they don't doubt themselves. They know what they're capable of. And the reality is 97% of the rest of the planet is also. They just let this six inches lie to them about what they really can do. And instead of using it for what it's supposed to be used for, mm-hmm. they use it to create excuses to run this thing so that they don't have to be accountable to it. Because once you say you're going to do it, there's a lot that happens next that you can't really get out of after you've said that, right? Right. I mean, once you told everybody you're going to do it, they're like, whatever. You know, half the people show up just to watch you burn. Mm-hmm. And when you prove them right, they're the next guys in line to be in your next deal, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, man. I think it's uh, it's almost like we naturally talk ourselves out of things. And uh, unless we become aware, it's not going to change. You know, you got to realize it. And then, like I said earlier, you know, feed feed yourself the, the positivity that, hey, you yeah. can do this. What are some of the things that you do on a regular basis that, that keep you with the right mindset and keep you headed the right direction? I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a very strong believer of, of, of planning your, your days, your your weeks your quarters and being very efficient with, with your time. I live and die by my calendar. And as far as mindset and, and keeping myself, you know, I, I work out every morning. I think that's, that's very important to how my day goes. You know, there's days where I maybe don't work out and it just doesn't go the same. And uh, keep telling myself I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing daily journaling and I, and I keep falling off. So I got to get back to that one. Yeah, you know, maybe take maybe take something from Captain Kirk's book and just, you know, record it, you know, on the way home and take that last that 10 might, minutes and, that might work. And, and do it that way, you know. Uh, George's date, you know, start date 2741, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, the thing that I – the thing that I – and this is why I love doing this podcast is because I get to meet people like yourself. And as unusual and as rare as you are – I have a lot of guests that are unusual and rare and they function at the same kind of level and in different arenas, but they all have that same thing in common that they're taking care of themselves, you know, their positive self-talk, they're working out, they're, they're making sure that they as a, as a person are a priority because how are you supposed to get anything done if the tools beat up, right? right. And then from there, they are, once they're committing to it, they're following it through. I mean, you've got a lot of things in your resume here that we don't see that were bumps and bruises and things that didn't go as planned, but I don't know that there's anything in your resume, correct me if I'm wrong, that you quit on. Not that I can think of, no. Yeah. I know of a couple of things I probably should have quit earlier, 
you know, but I, yeah. but I kept yeah. going to, to prove I could do it, you know, uh, yeah. you know, throw an extra hundred grand at it and see if we can't get this thing done, you know, but that's also a, a, a common trait in people who are successful to your level because you don't quit. You know, there's, there's wins and there's losses, but even losses, the, the post-mortem will tell you that, hey, there was a lot of good in here. We learned a lot. We learned not to do that again. We learned to add this to our due diligence list, right? Yep. Yeah, I always say as long as you're learning something from it, you know, it might have been a costly uh, lesson. Yeah. But uh, make sure you learn something from it for sure. Yeah, I've got a PhD in hard knocks, and I think I'm getting a uh, a master's in a couple other things too. So, <laughs> but uh, so what do you? I mean, so you can't be this intense all the time, George. What is your? What does the rest of your life look like? You know, I'm. I'm Family man, um, if I'm not working, I'm three daughters. I'm right? Three daughters. You see their picture in the back. Beautiful girls. Thank you. If I'm not working, I'm with I'm with them, and um, uh, you know, I love uh, taking them to their their sports and just watching them excel. And and yeah. I don't really do too much outside of of family, working out, and and work. Yeah. No, I I hear you. You'll find that, and and you know, most people that I know that are highly successful aren't. You know, they don't do a thousand things. They do a couple of things really, really well. And, uh, you know, that's part of what makes them as successful as they are because they're focused, you know, they're driving at home. So what are you seeing, George, with, with everything that you learned out of COVID with, you know, you got a $7 million uh, renovation you're doing on five properties. You, you've got, you know, the government's telling us we can't get people out. We got banks saying, we don't care who you kick out. Just make sure you make the payment. What did you come out of? You know, it's, it, we, we live in an entrepreneurial world that is more about what we can learn before they regulate it. What did you come out with that said, this is what we're going to do next time to keep ourselves from getting into a, a snafu here? I mean, what did you learn from it? Man, there was a lot of lessons <laughs> throughout yeah. this. You know, I learned that uh, I think from now on, reserves in general is going to have a, a new meaning to it. You're going to want a pandemic reserve on, on your deals. <laughs> but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did see that the other day on a deal. A guy said COVID underwritten. <laughs> but everybody gets a face mask. Mm -hmm. Still, uh, that's funny, man. Um, you know, I think there's going to be some, definitely some lasting effects and, and changes in, in, multifamily in general as far as uh, I think things are going to be a lot more online and contactless and, and I don't see that going away. You know, it may not be 100% that route, but you're going to want to offer that for sure. You know, uh, politics, you know, I did not know that, that politics could change. So I never get into politics and I'm not going to do that right now either. But oh, come on, George. No way, no way. <laughs> I always stay... <laughs> Far away from that, yeah. but I learned that neither side really care, and politics to them comes first. Right. Um, you know, some of the things I've I've seen done or not done, just to benefit them. Um, yeah. That's been pretty eye opening. I'm not sure. No, what it I it definitely has. Uh, you know, it it lets us know that we are still the little guy. I mean, even at even at a 1300 door takedown, you're still a little guy when it comes to the big wheel of government and how fast it wants to bring on relief or take it away or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's not, 
it's not the American, the American dream we were all raised with, you know? Yeah. Uh, I still can't understand this, this stimulus package that, you know, keeps being put off. Uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, it's, it's all about making it somebody else's problem or doing something different. You know, if you think about it, you know, this is the funny thing that if you think about government as, as a whole, what would happen if they actually had to compete? Right. right. I mean, th there would, there would be no competition because by the time they got out of subcommittee, we'd have it built, you know, you'd have at least, you'd have it refinanced, you right. know, they'd come out of subcommittee and go, okay, we decided what color we're going to paint it because we don't have that luxury, right? I mean, how long did you know about those 1,300 doors before you had to make a move? Uh, a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you got the time once you got it under contract to put the plan in motion and to move forward, but you had to move and you had to move now, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, then, and then it's, you know, put your money, your livelihood, your signature, your car keys, put it all on the line because you're, you're the GP, you're signing on that. What is it? What does it feel like to you when you pull this off? I mean, you got ninety-five percent occupant. Sorry, ninety-four point something percent occupancy. You've got it done. You're in the bag. You're. You can see the finish line from here. Your, your refinance is underway. How's that? How's that feel? Uh, feels good. Like I said, you know, I, I still want to get that that refi um, finalized and it'll feel a little better. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. with all the, the craziness, you know, and all the, I mean, this was, this was a large value add that we were right in the middle of w when this hit. So for us to be able to take it and, and execute, yeah, that'd be huge. Well, George, what, what would you, what bit of advice would you look back on has served you the best over the last 14 years? What is the thing that you keep doing that someone's told you to do that's your, the best piece of advice you've been given that's gotten you a 1300 door bite. Yeah, it's an easy one for me, man. It's, it, it's focus. Don't get distracted by all the noise. Don't, you know, this, this advice came to me, I'm sure several times, but the time it really hit me is when <laughs> I was, um, typical man. That's how we learn several times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was growing my construction company we were doing all types of res residential renovation work, all types of uh, new construction, res residential and multifamily, commercial renovations, multifamily renovations. So everything on the construction side, right. we were right. investing in single family, we we're investing in multifamily. We had some holds, we were doing fix and flips. It was just, was trying to do too much, not really excelling the most that I could in one aspect. So I was hit with that advice at that moment and um, started making moves. I started um, getting rid of uh, certain aspects of the construction or the investing. And till today, I'm 100% focused on multifamily investments and multifamily. And we still do commercial renovations too. But yeah, that's it. Focused and, and, and growing that. So you had to get rid of the sure we can do that logo or the that was your tagline. Sure, we can do that. Now yep. it's just yep. George does one thing. And, you know, I, I use the phrase stay in your swim lane. You know, uh, I've learned a lot of lessons about what I can't do or what I'm not as good at uh, by trying to sure we can do that. And mm -hmm. we can, you know, but it, it just doesn't seem to work out as well because because it's not in our it's not in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, plus, you're pulling resources from whatever it is that you can do really well. 
Right. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing, you know. If you if you've got that one trick, you only need to be a one trick pony. You just need to do that trick again and again and again, and uh, and you, you'll you'll be very successful. You know, I, I I've had several conversations with uh, a large single family builder in our area. He builds about seventeen hundred houses a year, and he builds one kind of house. You know, it's this style, and he's got forty five different floor plans, but they're all low end, uh, you know, they're, they're the, the, the economy version does the mm -hmm. same thing again and again and again. But, um, you know, it's, he's not trying to build luxury houses. He's not trying to build, you know, commercial space. He just does what he does and he does it very well. Makes and, sense. uh, I, I've heard that from, from many people that focus is definitely, uh, definitely a strong suit of, of those that are very successful. So, um, so you, you've got a goal. Tell us about this goal. Tell my listeners about this goal you've got for next year. Um, so this was a, a pre-COVID goal, but it was uh, getting to 10,000 doors um, by the end of next year. I don't know. I don't want to say I have to adjust that, but just, I'm definitely going to have to uh, turn it up a notch. You're just going to have to use more hours in the day, right? Yep. So, yep. so 10,000 doors, I mean, that's – you're going to be buying everything that hits the market <laughs> next six months, right? No. I mean, um, and, and that, does that, does this ever lead you to a place of retirement or is this just what you're, are you getting to the place where this is now fun and this is what you're going to do with the rest of your life? Cause it's become a game. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not looking to retire, but I don't know. I'm not there yet. No, I mean, you know, I, I've had the conversation many times about, you know, when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. And, and uh, you know, my wife keeps reminding me that while I may not, some other people in my house do, and they'd like to go somewhere nice. And if I would hurry up and do what I'm doing and hurry up and get done, then we could, you know. Yeah, so, um, yeah I do want to time management wise and free up more of my time for sure. But to me, that's not that's not really slowing down what I'm doing. To yeah. me, that's adding more team members and, and, and better structure to where I have more time. Right. Because, I mean, at this point, you're kind of wearing a lot of the hats in there. I mean, you're, you know, you're running your construction company, you're fundraising, you're executing on the CapEx, you're, I mean, you're the guy doing the due diligence. I mean, you know, some of those, some of those can go to other people, right? Yep. Yeah. You got it. So, let's just say... I'm not going to say that it's going to take you to 2022 to get to 10,000, but what's the goal after that? It's funny. I just talked about focus and then I'm going to throw this in there, but <laughs> um, I, I think at that point you can start adding different companies or different that complement that many doors mm -hmm. and um, give you more control. So, you know, we, we've got the construction company, but I would like to bring in, uh, in-house property management mm -hmm. at some point. And then there's some other, th other companies that, that I would like to look into still focus. Right. But once no. you, once you focus and you've got your, you know, you know where you want to be and you've got that structured, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with several streams of income. Well, and that's, you know, we, we do our own property management as well, but you know, we're, we're, we're always ground up development. We've always got construction going on. We, we started it because we wanted to have control of the job site and we wanted both the tenant 
interface and the construction interface to be on the same team. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, we also found that, you know, there's no better way to, to really knock your pre-leasing game out of the park other than to, to own that and to know that you've got, you know, goals that are matching. And, and when, when construction schedules change, you know, your, your team is with you on that. Yeah. And uh, so we've always seen that, yeah, you know, this is, you know, an, an additional stream of income that you're going to give to somebody else and you might as well have that, that whole setup be accountable, you know, and uh, you know, we, you know what $10 a door or $20 a door does to your pro forma, yeah. put yourself in charge of that, you know? So we're going to see the 2022 version have property management along with another, are you going to, you going to take down another 10,000 after oh, that? Yeah. that yeah, yeah, there you go. Awesome. So what can you leave my listeners with if you're going to give them a piece of your own advice, not something somebody gave you? What's a piece of your advice that you would give to listeners that are, are in the game, they're thinking about getting in the game, they love real estate? What is it, what is it you're going to tell them? So some, some investors just want to get as big as they can possibly get being a solo entrepreneur. And then you've got some that have um, bigger goals and they, they want to grow a team and, and, and really take it to the next level. The advice I would give is to, to make that decision. Which one are you? Yeah. And um, don't get stuck in the middle. You're, you're either one or you're, or you're the other. Um, and if you're the one with the big goals, then make sure you put focus on that team and building it and structuring it from the beginning. Cause if it gets yeah. bigger and you haven't done that, it gets a lot more difficult to start putting those sure. systems and procedures. And you know what, that's such great advice. And I think the best part of that is knowing who you are. You know, if, if you're trying to do it all on your own and you're trying to grow big and you really don't want to, you want to be a solo guy, you're not going to find anything more, aggravating than trying to put a team around you when you just want to go do it yourself. Yep. So, well, George, I really appreciate you swinging by. And just to wrap up, would you please tell my listeners where they can find you, where they can get some more information from you, where they can follow you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've been doing quite a bit of updates to our website, which is elevatecig.com. That stands for commercial investment group. So elevatecig.com. Um, as far as social media, I mean, I'm on, if you search my name on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, I hope you find me. You, you should find me. <laughs> if not, you'll be talking to somebody in that team, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm pretty active on those. And then um, uh, last thing I'll leave you with, if, if your listeners want to email me at uh, George, J-O-R-G-E, at ElevateCIG.com. Um, I've got a bunch of free content I can send them due diligence checklist and uh, questions to ask a deal sponsor before investing and some other things. That's great. That's great. Well, George, I really appreciate you stopping by and being a part of our show. Uh, and for everybody that missed that, it's George at elevatecig.com. George, thanks again for stopping by the Real Estate Rundown. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I enjoyed it. <laughs>